Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things He does. Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things that He does. I'm your co-host, Hunter Deal, Hunter Deal. with your other co-host, Ben Burnett, That's me. and the creative director for the Altered Podcast, Dina Burnett. I have an official title now. <laughs> I know. I'm, yeah. She did so well in the last episode that we put her on the payroll, which Yay. is $0. I get paid zero dollars. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the, last, uh, the last podcast apparently took a little bit of editing, so we had to, uh, we had to give Hunter a 20% raise. Yes. Twenty percent of zero is a whomping number. Yep, I'd even give you twenty-five percent raise. You did such a good job. You know what? Thank you, man. I appreciate that. But here's the big thing: I am just so happy to have the campus pastors of EKU Chi Alpha. It's getting ready to be school time. It is. It is yeah. So what? What is y'all's plan uh, coming up in August and, and September? Yeah. So divide and conquer. That's it. World domination. Wow. <laughs> no. Um, so our plan is is one that is tried, tested, and true. Um, we are really a ministry that is built around the small group. And so um, the whole goal for this year is we are going to rebuild uh, small groups um, because we had a lot of people graduate last semester. And so yeah. we're going to just go to campus and we're going to find everybody that we can find that um, now I say that, and actually our small groups are a little bit selective. We're not just looking for anybody. We're looking for people who are faithful, available, teachable. We're looking for fat people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that actually is a Chi Alpha term. Yeah. Yeah. We look for fat people, fat, faithful, faithful, available, Wait, teachable people. That's a people. national Chi Alpha. It thing. is. We talk about that, but, uh, yeah, I we're not feel really happy right there. Yeah. <laughs> just about personal. Yeah. And, and actually, so Paul says to find, he's, he's talking to Timothy and he instructs Timothy to find faithful men who are able to teach others also. And so that's the goal is we're looking for faithful people who um, will carry this thing on to the next group of people and become small group leaders themselves. And so we're not just looking for anybody. Um, If you're out there and you're going to EKU and you're like, I'd like to join a small group. Are you faithful? Are you available? And would you be willing to carry this thing on to the next generation? Because if not, I don't want you in my small group. I really love watching our small group leaders grow on campus, especially their first year of doing a small group, because you get to see them, like, at first they, like, (coughs) they have, like, a freak-out stage, which is just always expected. And then about, like, three or four weeks in, they're like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. And, like, they just get bit by the, I call it the Bible reading bug, you know. And they're, like, checking out all these different resources, and they talk to Ben for, like, six hours at a time, and it's great. Well, and hopefully that we get to have some of your small group participants on here, and we can talk about small groups and a little yeah. bit more about EKU Chi Alpha. That'd be cool. Um, in that, we got to experience um, a little bit of how the Altered Podcast was born last week. We talked about prayer, and you heard Ben and I do a conversation about can God change his mind? Mm-hmm. Um, and Ben's going to uh, tally back to that real quick and before we start on. Uh, live in that Christian life part two, which is on Bible reading. Yep. Yeah, it was funny. We were talking ahead of time. We kind of, we pre-planned these out a little bit. I mean, we can't just completely do them on the fly. And I mean, maybe we can, but uh, we were talking about it and we were like, I, I said, I looked at Hunter and I said, okay, 
I I think I need to clarify some things that I said last time. Because even after, because I went back and listened to it, because I was just kind of curious as to how it flowed and how it went. And uh, after talking about it, I was like, you know, I think I need to clarify. Because I was really arguing the point last time. I said that I think maybe you can change God's mind. But really, the point that I was arguing was, I don't think God has his mind made up about every single thing. I think there are things that God has his mind made up about. And if his mind's made up, you're not changing it. But there are things that God does not have his mind made up about. I think that there are, in my opinion, um, I'm not speaking for God there, but I believe that through Scripture, um, I think that I think there are things that God allows us to choose. I think there are things that He doesn't predetermine every single thing, and so I think there are things that aren't predetermined. Therefore, we can sway the mind of God one way or another. Yeah, we still disagree on a lot of that, <laughs> but he's one step closer to my side. Yeah, I would like to say, though, that the missionary that preached at church today, because we're recording this on a Sunday, um, he did bring out a very good point, and it was Mary, the mother of Jesus, at the wedding of Cana. She looks at Jesus, and she says, hey, they're out of wine. And Jesus is like, not my problem, chick. And it's like he, she did not care. She just kept on trucking. She, she was like, servants, do whatever he says. So Jesus technically said no. And yet, acquiesced to her request. It was the earthly side of Jesus. <laughs> there, that dude. There was no earthly side but of Jesus. He was one hundred percent man. He was a hundred percent God, though. So <laughs> there is nothing in his nature that contradicts with the God part. True. So let's all right, just throw that out there. He's still wrong. <laughs> Jesus is no, just you. That um, <laughs> I would argue neither. But yeah, that's fine. okay. So this episode is living that Christian life. Part two. Part two. And that's on Bible reading. It is. And after we have discussed living that Christian life, we have uh, found out that there is tons of the areas of living that Christian life. So we've actually probably added more than just five uh, parts to this. We have, I mean, worship mm-hmm. and the so much, yeah. so much to it. So yeah. um, we'll see what that is. But... So Bible reading is a key part of the Christian life. Without the Bible, we do not know and understand the Word of God, the being of God. So I'm going to ask uh, really the three of us, what does your personal Bible study really look like? Mm. And um, kind of get down into the details to what that is. Yeah. So I'm going to take that one first just because I want to. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So my personal Bible reading, so I... I know that if I do not build it in purposefully, I will not do it. So step one for me is I get up early in the morning before I should have to get up to get ready for work and all that kind of stuff. The goal is an hour ahead of time. Am I always faithful for an hour? Sometimes not. I'll just be honest with you. But at least 30 minutes, I get up early, um, I fix myself a cup of coffee, and then I drink my cup of coffee and I start my prayers. And so I, I pray through that Lord's Prayer every morning. Um, and, and when I get to daily bread, I ask the Lord to help me as I read to illuminate the scriptures to me that I can understand it, that I'm focused, all those kinds of things. Once I do that, um, I, unless something changes, I have been reading Genesis to Revelation for the past like year and a half. Um, I'm so happy though, by the way, I am in Malachi. I just started Malachi chapter one. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. So I'm almost out of the Old Testament, which I'm super (laughs) stoked about. But I just read through the Bible cover to cover. Uh, I used to kind of do devotion reading stuff, and like I was always kind of choppy and hopping around. And what I discovered was when I started reading the Bible cover to cover, it really helped me with 
context and understanding how things go. And so, like, when you look at the, the prophets of the Old Testament and you read through those books, a lot of people think that God's an angry God because they, they read the minor prophets. Take Amos, for example. Amos is like, you're going to get conquered, and there's going to be a nation that's going to come in and wipe you out and destroy you. And then you're like, well, that's a depressing book. Let's flip over to any of the other minor prophets, and they all say the same thing. Well, if you know the context, if you know the whole the 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 meta narrative of scripture, that's the fancy five dollar theological word for that. If you know what happens in scripture, you know why that was. It was because the nation of Israel turned away from God and started worshiping other gods. And part of the promise was, if you'll be faithful to me, I'll be faithful to you. But if you turn away from me, then the nations are going to come in and they're going to conquer you. And so God was fulfilling his promise through that. So anyway, the point of that is. I have started in Genesis. I've made it all the way to Malachi. When I finish with Malachi, I'll be starting the New Testament. But I'm just reading it cover to cover. And when I finish, when I get to the end of Revelation, I start back over. Now, when there are things in there that really spark my curiosity, I'll look those up. And so if I see something in, like, for instance, I was in Zechariah the other day, and there was a prophecy about Jesus riding in on a donkey. And it made me go, huh. And so I just wanted to check out something, so I flipped into the Gospels, and I looked at the, you know, Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. But what I do is I read, and I don't just kind of glaze over it. I read it, I try to break it down, I try to understand what it says. There's more to it, but I need to stop there because I've been talking for a while. Dina, what does your personal Bible reading look like? So I'm getting ready to, you know, we've been talking a little bit about this in the other podcast, um, but I want to go back to I've never started in Matthew and read all the way to Revelation because I think I have ADHD but like (laughs) um or I start some sort of Bible study with someone and then I have to read another book of the Bible so I've never like not saying like in one setting but in my own personal Bible study time start in Matthew and go all the way to Revelation for sure um the other day I was cleaning one of my bookshelves and I found um, several Bibles that I had started in Matthew and like made it to like Luke or John. And you can tell where I trailed off. Like, and so I want to go back through and just do that. So I like found a really pretty notebook the other day to use and my Bible highlighters, because I think girls, like, I feel like we feel like we have to have set the scene, you know? Unfortunately, I think for some people, they take it too far and they think that has to look like the perfect TikTok of like, you play the like do 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 ba do ba do ba do There's your singing hunter. Yeah, Hunter said there's gonna be no singing on this episode. Too bad, buddy. Man, we didn't even make it ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I made it a challenge. That's not true. We made it eleven minutes and fifteen seconds. Wow. Thank you very much. Okay. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> but anyway, we feel like it has to be this like really epic thing where like it, the sun has to be in the right set, you know, right light. We have to have the perfect tablecloth and the cup and the pens and everything has to be perfect. Then we can study the Bible. But uh, that's not going to happen on a normal day. <clears throat> so anyway, but um, but yeah, so I'm getting ready to start in Matthew and read all the way to Revelation. So I'm really excited about that. I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> what? I'm going to do it. I'm just kidding because you said he you He knows so. I get so distracted. And I'm like, I want to read this book of the Bible now. Yeah. I was just saying that because you said that you'd started and you can tell where you trail off in all these Bibles. So, And potentially the thousands of listeners around the world <laughs> <laughs> will yep. hold you to this. We'll hold you to it. Um, so I have been in, I was in Genesis for a while. but So I try to read the Bible in the mornings. 
before I go to work, which is not always successful because I, when you get up so early, you're just like, oh. But I try to start my like my work day. I try to get there just a little bit early. You know how some people is like, I just want to get there and I want to like, set my mind well and drink their coffee. Well, I don't like coffee, so I start with the Word of God and I try to read the Bible, um, get through at least a chapter. Start with both. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went through Genesis. Um, I spent like three years in Romans, and then I went to Genesis. And, and you still didn't get anything out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so now I'm going to I'm diving back into the epistles of Paul, um, just the rest of them, because you know Romans is like the longest one, and and deep, and there's just so much into it, and it ties so much into the Old Testament and Abraham, and so like I was diving back into that and. Trying to study all that out. Well, now I'm diving into the book of Ephesians. I think doing that, um, you have some people, as like Ben said, you, he's going from cover to cover. And you have Dina, who's like, I really want to just read the New Testament and get it done. Then you have people like me, which I think all three is important, um, where I'm on a phase of, okay, so I read Romans, and I was so sick and tired of Paul. <laughs> <laughs> just Just the writing for just a second. I wanted to dive into more of just this... Here's how the what are you laughing at? You said I was sick and tired of Paul, so I read Ephesians, which Paul wrote. <laughs> no, uh, well, yeah, so I misspoke. I, I I went to Genesis, and I wanted to get oh. this. Uh, I wanted to get this like just this historical like creation, like, and I wanted to know, learn about Noah, like, cause you it's like we t- we're told all about these as kids, and you hear all these different stories, and there's so much in Genesis. It is this. Like it blows my mind. Fifty it's, chapters of awesomeness. Yeah, yeah. it's appalling. <laughs> Sweet Lord. Um, but in that, I think Bible study um, needs to be in the morning. Um, I think it is just it sets my tone for the day, just like prayer. So mm-hmm. my prayer and Bible study usually comes around the same time. Mm-hmm. And then I also read the Bible throughout the day as not just. Like my Romans kick or my Genesis kick, I didn't just read Genesis all day, mm-hmm. but I would read that just just to I'm gonna study this part of Scripture. But as something would hit me in the day, I would then go to that in the Bible and be like, I'm gonna th- this just hit me in the, like through the Spirit, and I wanna hone in on what the Bible really says about this. Mm-hmm. Just this thought process. Like somebody asked me a question about prayer, and I and I start referencing prayer to what the Bible would say, and I'm like, well, let's just open it up and read it. Yeah, and because I, I get a, a good chance to witness a lot through uh, work. So that's mm-hmm. like, well, this is open the Bible. So I do that throughout the day. So I'm not continually reading what I'm studying all day. I yeah. do that for just 30 minutes in the morning. Yeah. Okay. So I think I think this is what you're saying, but I'm going to ask you. Hunter, you're a pastor. Mm-hmm. As a pastor, you spend a lot of time in the Scriptures. You preach. You do all that kind of stuff. Do you only read what you preach? Or do you? how does that work? I used to, <laughs> and then I got super convicted about it. So because sometimes sermon prep can take so long, mm-hmm. you and and you feel like, well, this needs to be done. This needs to be get you know done fairly quickly. Um, so I'm negating all my other study. My podcast listening turns to what I'm preaching about. My YouTube videos that I'm watching, like other pastors' uh, sermons on, are turning to that. And then my Bible reading is turning to that. But anymore, it can't be. That has to be separate, um, and I just have to allot so much time per day that I can do that. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I have to feed me before I can feed anybody else. 
Yeah, and it's so dry. I got so dry before that. Like you were just in your sermons would get dry, and but I learned if you are studying the Bible in other places, your sermons will be a lot more impactful. They'll have mm-hmm. more um, meat and juice because yeah, you can usually depth, pull yeah. something. My sermons are juicier because I read scripture. Dang right. <laughs> those cross references. Yeah. Did you hear those juicy cross references? Buddy, that's so juicy. <laughs> All right. So I have a question. What is the gold standard of Bible reading? Oh. Okay. So gold standard for me. I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to go first again. Um, so gold standard for me, number one, again, morning and evening. So if I can get up a little early, I can read in the morning. That helps me. If I read the the last thing, the very last thing before I go to bed, and I'm talking read the Bible, put it down, try to go to sleep right after that. There's a scientific study that shows that whatever you put into your brain before you go to sleep is what you'll chew on all night long. And so I believe the gold standard is reading in the morning, but then also reading in the evening so that your mind will chew on that scripture. And so like if I have something that I'm really trying to work on and trying to figure out, I'm going to read it the very last thing before I go to bed. Now, when I read, gold standard for me is I also want to learn what it says. And so on the first episode, we talked about altars, and we talked about here journals. And in here journals, maybe we didn't. We talked about prayer journals. Well, here journals, in my opinion, are kind of the gold standard. In a here journal, and I stole this from Robbie Gallaty, so if you need to look this up online, you can find it. Um, he talks about it a lot. It is four things. It is the H, which stands for highlight, whatever God kind of brings out at you as you read the scriptures for the day. That's number one. The E is to explain. So when I read something, I don't just want to read it and go, that was cool. I want to read it, and I want to digest it. And so I need to break it down a little bit. I need to look at the context of what I'm reading to make sure that I know what happened before and after just a little bit. Um, and so I need to explain it with, you know, maybe I need to look up some commentary. Maybe I need to look up some words in the dictionary because, yes, there are Bible words that I read, and I go, what in the world does that mean? Um, the, the Lord is my buckler. I have no idea what a buckler is talking about. Um, so the explanation section is really important. So, so I highlight, I explain, then I apply. So how does this apply to my life right now? If I'm reading something about, you know, temptation, how do I avoid temptation or whatever? Um, and then I write down the response. Now I had a hard time for a long time figuring out what the difference was between application and response. Response are the literal steps that I'm going to take based on the application. So if I read something and it convicts me of sin, for instance, what are the literal steps that I'm going to take to not do that sin today? So let's talk about if I read a passage about gluttony, because that's an easy one to pick on. Well, then my next meal, I'm going to cut it in half. And I'm not going to, and I'm, I'm working on a, on a spiritual discipline or I'm, you know, whatever the Lord points out to me that I need to do. And so highlight, explain, apply, respond. That helps me not only to understand what I read, but then also apply it to my life. And if I do that once a day, I my spiritual temperature rises, and I know it does. So for me, that's gold standard. Uh, Hunter, what do you think about that? <clears throat> I agree with everything that you said for once. Wow. <laughs> I know. Mark it Mark it down, down ladies and gentlemen. Um, the morning is important. You start your day off right, just like we talked about prayer. And then the evening, I don't do that all the time. Sometimes I just, I, my head hits the pillow and I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my best evenings, and I try to do this more times than not, is reading, um, attaching back to that Bible study I was, I'm attacking in the morning. I'm trying to maybe read the same chapter that I read that night, or again, that night. So 
if I'm reading Genesis 1, I'm going to read, try to read it again at night just to really soak it in. Um, I'm not reading anything new some, because, again, in, at nighttime, I am done <laughs> thinking for the day. But I am going to reiterate this in my brain. And that's about as far as I get to in the evening. But, again, I think we need to um, also be mindful of the Word of God throughout the day. And just like I just said, chew on things throughout the day and look them up in your Bible. And that's the gold standard is is keeping the Word of God in the forefront of your mind all day long. Mm. And when Paul, like we talked about last week, Paul says, pray with, uh, pray continually. Um, well, I pray and I chew and I, on, on Scripture and mm. I use Scripture in my prayer. Yep. And so that's why we said the living that Christian life stacks on top of each other beautifully. When yep. you pray you, and you read the Word of God, your prayers become more powerful. Mm-hmm. Your prayers, you know, you're praying the words of God. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's important. Yep. Dina, what is the gold standard of Bible study in your opinion? So for me, I wish that I was one of those people that could get up super early in the morning and read my Bible. But for me, like... Um, Six o'clock rolls around, I start getting text messages, I start getting phone calls, start getting emails, and when you work in the school system, you kind of, like, you don't really, like, get in trouble for not answering or not, well, you do get, anyway, um, it's hard to not respond to those, and so whenever you see those all start popping up, then that really, like, breaks your cycle of studying, so for me, I like to pray and do my worship in the morning as I'm getting ready. Um, I w- now when I'm home for the summer, I can, you know, spend a good like 30 minutes to an hour reading my Bible in the mornings. Um, but when life gets hectic for me personally, I when I get home, that is my 30 minutes to an hour of me time because number one Ben's not home and so <laughs> it's just me the cats the bible Jesus and coffee you know and so for me that's what works best and I don't know like I know that's not like probably the gold standard it's, but we're talking the gold standard for you but for me that's what works best for me and then two I don't have to wait a full day if I want to have a conversation with Ben about what I've been reading I can wait until I see him like walk around the house corner and be like, "Oh my gosh, like <laughs> let's talk about this for a minute." Yep. So, now, you all have said both of you I think have said an hour. I think I even said an hour at one point. The hour kind of sounds like the gold standard, but I heard somebody say this once. This is a Live Dead. Live Dead by the way is a missions organization where they um well, it's just I don't know, it's a cool missions organization. There's more to it. You can look it up online. But um one of the, the principles that they teach, which I think is profound, is they talk about tithing your time. Now, Jesus, so valuable that I tithe my possessions. But one of the most valuable things that I have is my time. And so they talk about tithing your time. There's 24 hours in a day. Therefore, they tithe 2.4 hours of their time to the Lord. Now, that is the gold standard. Do I, in my opinion, do I pull that off perfectly? No, I often don't make 2.4 hours. However, I think it's important. Yeah, and I think also we need to address people who work night shift and off shifts and things like that. And you're like, but I can't I can't read my Bible in the morning because I'm going to bed. And I think it's just important because people say that um, 
because most people, sorry, you night shifters and you off shift people. Mm. We love you. Thank yeah. you very much for your work. But most people wake up in the morning, go to bed at night. Um, but start your to start whatever your day is. Yeah. And finish your day off. And and if you, you're just like me sometimes that uh, can't f- read the word of God at night because you, your head just hits the pillow. But I'm usually listening to something. You know, I'm usually listening to a sermon or something else. And my wife has to turn it off when it falls asleep. When I fall asleep, she's like, well, I listened to 25 minutes of Vody Bauckham when you was, you don't even know where you ended off by it because you fell asleep. <laughs> so she's like, it was really good, by the way. <laughs> so what's next, Ben? Uh, the next thing that we want to talk about is what happens if we don't read regularly? Yeah. Mm. So let's throw this out there real quick. Real quick. If you do not read your Bible at all. Mm-hmm. You've been saved 25 years, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I've ever really studied my Bible. Yeah. I'm gonna have, like, I would argue that if you are not spending time to understand the Word of God and spending time to commune and talk with Him, you may not have been saved for 25 years. And that is just, that is just me going to kick down that door real quick. <laughs> because we know that salvation transformed our life. Um, and it did not just make Jesus Savior, but it also made him Lord. And when he is Lord, I treasure my time to him. Yeah. And well, so to be fair, there are people out there who may have been taught that it's not that important, that the original apostles didn't have a Bible, so they were fine, and why can't we be fine without the Bible too? <laughs> the, the, yeah, boy. <laughs> Sunday. Um there may be people out there who have been taught that it's not important, and if that's the case, um, we're not we're not down in you because you were taught that way. However, if you are one of those Christians who never picks the thing up, but you call yourself a Christian, we, we you might want to start thinking about some heart change. And you argue on that side of like you you're the one putting all those arguments on Facebook and stuff like the Bible says this, the Bible says that, but it's like only you only know that because you heard somebody else say it, yeah. and you've never read the Bible. You don't. You've never read the gospel. You have never heard the true saving power of the Word of God inside Scripture itself. I'm just going to argue. You know where are you spiritually? And if you are saved, you are a very, very, very baby Christian. Well, and it's like what I talked about last week with you know prayer life and dating and communication. The Bible is kind of our instruction manual so to speak. And if we're not reading it, what? Is that how you view my love letters to you? They're, they're, <laughs> they're my instruction manual of how to love Ben better. Anyway, I feel like I say anyway a lot after you speak sometimes. <laughs> it's because my points are so good. It just, <laughs> he, he, but, it's just a mis- well, dismissing everything he just said. <laughs> the word but, you're looking for is anyway. <laughs> so if it's our instruction manual, right? And we're not reading it. We're not going to get the full understanding of what all we can do with our relationship with the Lord. Um, So my dad, last week, uh, he just hooked up his brand new bougie washing machine and dryer. And when I say bougie, it connects to your cell phone. What? (laughs) Buddy. (laughs) Like, even the dryer is connected to... um, into the water line because it steams and all this other stuff. It has this like LED touchscreen, like 
It's super, super fancy. Yeah. I don't know why he decided to get like the top of the line. Well, it was on sale. It was on sale. He's very much like a Dave Ramsey fan. Yeah. So he found this like super bougie washing machine and he's like sitting there staring at it. And so I come up and I'm like, oh, you probably press this button and this button, this is a button. And so we, we did wash like a load of towels or something. And he was like, so he picks up the instruction manual, which is like, right and i was like but we got it to wash and he goes but if we don't read the instruction manual we're not going to know what all it does Mm. there you go yeah that's that's the point if you do not read the bible you don't know everything that god has intended you to know yeah yeah it is definitely a good test of your spiritual temperature if you if you never read it you probably know why you may not know why Ooh. And there's a Bible verse that follows that kind of, right? Is there? Well, I feel like there is, yeah. So you were talking earlier, and Joshua 1.8 kind of really kind of stuck out in my mind, but we had, we had talked about, or we had kind of pre-planned to read this later now. Um, Joshua 1.8, though, does say that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, to be fair, this was written to a man who was about to lead the nation of Israel into battle. Um, and so God, this is God's words. He is saying to Joshua, you need to read it. You need to meditate on it all the time. If it was important for Joshua when he was about to lead people into battle, it's important to us now when we're about to do anything else as well. And that leads us into the six importances of uh, Bible reading, um, to give credit what credit is due. I think like two of these came from N.T. Wright's website, and I think two of these came from Desiring God, mm. and I think we just made up the other two. <laughs> no, we, we kind of combined them from different oh, resources yes. that we had all kind of, because there was originally like 10. There were. I did have 10. Yeah, and we did kind of, um, yeah, put them all together. And but I'm saying, them. so some of the titles you you will not find, <laughs> like, Exactly, word for word, probably. But there are uh, two you can find from N.T. Wright. There's two you can find from Desiring God. And the other ones we kind of combine from other resources. Yes. Um, but the first one is, um, the first importance of Bible reading is to set us free from Satan's grasp. Yep. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, you know, the, the, the Bible talks about, um, you know, if we draw near to God, that he'll draw near to us and Satan will flee and all that kind of stuff. I think the the way that we do that, I think we do it through prayer, like we talked about last week. But I also think we do it through Scripture. Um, the John eight thirty one through thirty two, it says Jesus uh, said to the Jews who had believed in Him, "If you abide in My Word, you are truly My disciples, and you will know the truth, and truth will set you free." Um, and so that is one of those things that you know we we hold firmly to is Bible reading sets us free from all kinds of stuff because we believe that it is the what the truth. Number two is protect us. From error. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wrote on here that doctrine is muy importante. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that is that is true. Um, actually, uh, 1 Timothy 4.16 says, Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Uh, this is Paul writing to this young Timothy. He says, Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Um, man, the, the Bible is so important that Paul says that it will save both yourself 
and your hearers, but you have to keep a close on it. You have to be careful um, because those errors, they can creep in. You know, even we talk all the time about the fact that we don't want to lead people astray with this podcast. So we want to be very careful with how we teach things because we don't want anybody to listen to this and go off the rails, you know, somehow get this concept that something is, you know, whatever, right? We want to make sure that that people are well protected. That's whole, that's the whole point of doing this is that we build others up in the faith. And so, um, yeah, you have to keep a close watch on yourself, though, and one of the best ways to do that is Bible reading. I think it's a good, like, self-check mm-hmm. because especially, like, for me, it just seems to happen sometimes that you're going through a certain situation and you read this story in the Bible and you're like, oh, oops, <laughs> maybe I am in the wrong. And then like you can go apologize or it helps to give you a better perspective of how to handle the situation in a more Christian-like manner. Well, and in that light, you have to remember if you read the Bible and you disagree with what you're reading, self-check, you are wrong. Yeah, absolutely. The Bible's not wrong. We said that's, I think, episode two. Mm-hmm. Um but you are not wrong. Or you are wrong. The Bible's never wrong, mm. and you won't have to correct it. Yep. And the Bible is that it is teaching, reproofing, and correcting. Yep. Yeah. Hey, Second Timothy says that. I think it does. I think oh, it does. Is it that three fourteen through seventeen? It is. So three sixteen in particular says, uh, "All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete." Equipped for every good work. Boom. You ever do want to do a good Bible study, by the way? Look up the 316s of the Bible. John 316, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall never perish, but have eternal life. You said that in King James, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, that's the one I, that's that's the one the I only, memorized. That's the only you know, version that we have memorized. and That's yeah. not the only version I have memorized. It's just the, the originals, the OG scriptures that I have memorized are all in King James, and that was one of them. I think that was the first scripture verse I ever memorized, too. But... Um, but yeah, so 2 Timothy 3.16, um, again, the 3.16, do you ever want to do a, an interesting study? Study them out. Um, 3.16 talks about all Scripture breathed out by God and useful for, uh, or profitable for, sorry, uh, teaching, reproof, correction, and training. So here we see that Scripture is breathed out by God. So it, this is the Word of God. It is not wrong. There's no errors. And again, if you disagree with what you're reading, you are wrong. Yep. Yeah, we talked about small groups and stuff earlier. Um, we, and, and so 314 says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and from how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Those sacred writings have a purpose. I mean, they're useful for correction and reproof and all that, but... It also says there that they make you wise for salvation. Um, they help you to understand this thing that you are, <laughs> I say, getting yourself into, right? Um, this faith that you ascribe to. And so it's really important to study that because we want to know those things. We want to understand what our faith is all about, not just that we blindly follow, you know, whatever. And, and I think there's a lot of misrepresentation with a lot of scriptures that are thrown out there that you see, especially in a bunch of these memes and different things <laughs> and yeah. all these Facebook wars that, happen. Um, and I think that if you're reading the Bible, it'll help you discern, um, whenever you come across that false doctrine. Yeah. Yeah. It sticks out to you. Right. And steady Bible reading will keep you from going to a church 
that teaches wrong doctrine. You know, so we all teach young adults. <clears throat> That's the primary ministry that we're in. And I, I did this thing. Um, we went through the doctrines of the church, and it was kind of fun because they weren't exactly sure what was going on. I just started teaching other like doctrines like I believe them. Mm. And I wanted to see what the reaction was. Mm. So I went through tons of them. Mormon, Jehovah's Witness. Oh, wow. Like, I just started, like, started saying these things. And, like, two of them in particular was like, what, that, that is not right. I can't even believe you're saying this. And I'm like, point proven. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you for at least studying some part of Scripture enough that you can say, hey, there's some error here. Because the goal is, is I'm going to try to teach these like they are true. And then I'm going to tell you why they're not, why I disagree with them later. So that you can understand what they believe, and why you disagree, and so that when these young adults get married, or some of them are already married, but have families and they depart from us, hopefully that never happens, but most likely they will eventually, um, and they go to another church, they can set their family up for spiritual success. Yeah, And I think that's very important. And I talked to a guy at this about, about this at work the other day, and he goes, my church would never do that in the sense of like, tell anybody what we or talk about anything that we disagree with in the sense of like it would be right i'm like yes but if like i want them to know what other people believe and they can tell me what's wrong with it Mm -hmm. and if they don't say anything that i feel like needs to be pointed out then i'm going to say it at the end Mm -hmm. because it is important again because if they walk into this church and they started well a lot of things that we said in episode two start talking about things like this that are wrong with the gospel I want those students to be, hey, that is not what the Bible says. Yeah. And I want my children to be in a biblically sound church. I want my wife to sit under a biblically sound pastor. I want to uh, lead my family in a biblically sound uh, church and spiritual life. So I need to find that in a church. And if we cater and we uh, protect people from other teachings, they will be ignorant to them. And they need to know why Bible reading is important, and that is one of the huge reasons. Yeah. Yeah, in episode two, we talked about um, the gospel. We talked about how it was prophesied in Scripture that Jesus was going to die for the sins of the world. There are teachings out there that say Jesus didn't die, that he actually put a substitute in his place. And if you believe that, unfortunately, you do not believe the gospel the way it is laid out in Scripture. If you don't know the scriptures to know that that's a problem, you could easily fall into that trap and go, oh, well, that makes total sense because Jesus is God. Why would he die? That makes no sense. Well, it makes sense because the gospel says that Jesus died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that is how we are forgiven of sin. If it is not for the blood atonement of Jesus, we have no forgiveness of sin, and that is a, that is a problem. Mm-hmm. So we study the scriptures so that we know things like that that what, our, what we believe is valid. Well, and that leads us directly into reason number three, that the gospel and the Bible and um, the Scripture alone is resisted by some, right? People <laughs> think... Lots. Yeah, uh, especially in today's age. I mean, watch the news right now. Uh, this has been recorded on 7-10-2022, Roe v. Wade was just overturned. Now the executive order from Joe Biden saying that abortion is now legal through uh, federally now. Uh, yeah, legal through federal means now. And you just see you see 
the hate on the Word of God today more than you have ever seen it. Yep. And so resisted by some should be resisted by a most, lot. Yeah. And if you if you believe, and, and most Christians, and what's scary now is Christians will tell you, yeah, the, we know the Bible says this, but if you're following that sentence with a but, Get your head out of your butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so I'm just saying it's resisted by most and even some Christians disagree with what the Bible says. Many. Actually, I would say many. Yeah. Wasn't there just a Barna poll recently that said something like that? That I believe it was 40% of Christians didn't believe that the Bible was the inerrant word of God, that they believed that it was a good guideline, but that we didn't have to follow all of it. I think that was a Barna poll recently. Well, we're like in a all about me type of society and what makes me feel good at the time and manifesting and all this other stuff. Mm. What is manifesting? I don't, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I want to say manifesting is kind of like almost like a name it and claim it kind of thing. Like you want it to happen. And so like you like mentally think about it and just, you really focus in on it. I probably should look up like the is, definition. Is of manifesting it. like a secular thing though? In it, yeah. am I wrong about that? I mean, yeah, obviously. Like it's like you have like the, like the vision boards and the I don't know. I'm just so as an adjective. If you're using it as an adjective, <laughs> <laughs> it's clear or obvious to the eye or mind, which is interesting. Manifest, um, but if you're using it as a verb, it's to display or show a quality or feeling by one's act or appearance, aka demonstrate. So okay. That's what Webster says. Gotcha. Manifest is. Manifesting. I don't know. So resisted by most. The Word of God is resisted by most. And not that they don't own Bibles. Not that they don't want them to be sold. But they resist it saying that this is not truth or that this is not the Word of God. Um, it is a book of morals. It's a book of this. It's a book of that. Or um, it's just a fairy tale. So in some way it's resisted. Um, but if you read the Word of God... In the in the ways that all of us has laid out, and mm-hmm. and some there's other ways to do so. It helps us to defend our faith. Yeah. Apologetics. There's yeah. there's a class going on at, on Wednesday nights right now at Real Life Community Church. Yep. Well, are we on episode four? Right? We are on episode four. Right? Four out of four. We mentioned our church. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we need to start like putting up numbers. What episode <laughs> yeah, number we're on? And but on Wednesday nights here, we're having an apologetics class because mm-hmm. we go through the Word of God. Um, and people need to learn how to defend their faith mm-hmm. because it is being resisted by most. Yeah. Well, and and apologetics teaches you first and foremost that it is logical to believe in Jesus. And a lot of people would want to tell you otherwise, but it really is logical. You know, the resurrection of Christ. We talked about it a couple episodes ago. I don't remember which one, but you know, one of the most historically proven events in all of history. Um, you know, people would say, "Oh, there's no way that somebody could come back from the dead." Well, the the Evidence proves otherwise, so I don't know what you want me to say other than that. Um, but, you know, Second Timothy, it tells us that, you know, the time's coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but will have itching ears, and they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Well, we see that right now. And, and Paul saw it then. Yeah. Yeah, when, and, but this one was a—he he says, I see it now, but more so. Like, the time is coming when this will really be a problem, yeah. and I'm pretty sure he was talking about us today. Oh, I'm sure, and if you and I think he was also foreseeing that there's going to be a day where there, he's not walking around. John and Peter and well, yeah. you know Timothy, you're not going to be walking around yeah. in a hundred years. Um, and this that this day is coming where mm-hmm. truth will fall off the wagon, 
Yep. And even when people proclaim truth, you will be hated on it. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, so Scripture, uh, you know, one of our next points is Scripture teaches us about the joy and the hope of heaven. And, man, what a, I mean, what an intense, amazing thing to talk about out of Scripture. Revelation 21 talks about the hope of heaven and this idea that, that one day there's going to be no more sickness, no more pain. One of the advantages of reading Scripture is it teaches us about our future hopes. It teaches us about our joy. It teaches us that one day there is more to this world than what we see. When we all get to heaven. <laughs> what you all didn't hear before this is uh, when Ben was uh, talking about that briefly, uh, Hunter and I had a little... Yeah, when we were... we were um, Actually, I was trying to set up some, like the podcasting equipment, and uh, we were we had the, like we were just practicing in our ears to like, you know, try to make sure that we had the volumes and stuff right. And Dina started singing that song, and then Hunter chimed in, and yeah. Anyway, I, I sing, just not when we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, there is a hope um, in Scripture of joy and the hope of heaven. Yeah. There, it teaches about joy. It teaches about heaven, and we get to look forward to those things, and we get to thank God uh, for that hope, and we get to tell other people about that hope. It yeah. helps the evangelistic mi- uh, mission. Yeah, so many people are so anxious and, and have a lack of joy right now. And Scripture teaches us that we should not be that way. Actually, the Bible tells us that we should be anxious for nothing. There's a guy at work, uh, and he goes, he goes, I'm just so worried. You know, I can't watch the news. I can't do this. I can't do that. He goes, how do you feel about it? I was like, honestly, if we get nuked right now, I know I'll win in the end. Right. So I just I, hope it's quick. Yeah, just just let me go quick. And whatever happens, happens, man. And that's and yes, it's scary. I have children. Uh, I have one child, another one coming into this world in like 15 days, and or less, or less <laughs> coming soon. And <laughs> to a house near you, yeah. <laughs> little deal, part four, buddy. <laughs> part four. I, yeah, I y'all have twins? No, I got Jessica. Quadruplet. She's a little deal. Oh, I uh, guess that's she's true. tiny. Yeah, and I got Lily. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I'm part one because I'm, uh, I'm the OG. You're the big deal. And um, but yes, because I mean, yes, I worry for them. Uh, you know, things that's going to happen, inflation. Uh, you know, college it's things like inflation. That. <laughs> inflation. We talked about nukes. Now we're talking about inflation. But yeah, I mean, I worry about all of it. I worry about how their college funds doing. I worry about life. I worry about you know what's the are we going to be speaking a different language by the time that they, they, they grow up? Are they going to have a world to grow up in? Mm-hmm. Um, I do have some sense of worry. But it also, I always say anxiety. My anxiety meter is tells me I haven't prayed about it enough. It's true. It's good. It's I didn't good even say that last week. but Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and in that, just we have to, even even all through that, there is one thing I can tell them, my children, my wife, yeah, there's things that worry me, but there is one thing that I have hope in, and that is in God, that is in Jesus, that is in the hope of heaven, that no matter what happens, those things are not changing. Mm-hmm. No matter what policy or executive order is signed, the hope of heaven's never going away. The mm-hmm. hope of the gospel is never going away. Yep. God, God and Jesus? Yeah, I, I, I corrected Dina for that before the, you did. Before the podcast. See, <laughs> see what you did? Remember, <laughs> Remember Jesus is God. And I'm not telling Hunter this. I'm telling all my lis- all, all my listeners, not your all, just my, <laughs> all y'all, all you listeners. We have people there. too. Yeah, all, all you listeners out there, just remember Jesus is God, 
And, yeah. and you can say that when you talk about God, you're talking about Jesus and vice versa. Yeah, I did. I did. I corrected Dina for saying so that. So right do we have Team him. Ben, Team Hunter, Team Dina? Hey, we could. Huh. But Team Ben's going to win, just so you all know. I'm beautiful. It's <laughs> up <laughs> <Except> for debate. <laughs> Anyways, Number let's five. go on the next one. Yeah. Helps uh, to prevent ourselves. Or I'm sorry. Man, I cannot read the. Yeah, yeah, it helps us to present. Uh, yeah, present ourselves as one approved by God. So we went and got food right before this, and Hunter texted me and he said, "I want to substitute my coleslaw." Well, I was, we were at Raising Cane's. He said, "I want to substitute my coleslaw for roast for roast, not toast, which is what he meant, but roast." So ben leans over and he's like, "What's roast?" And I was like, "I don't know. I think they literally only have like French fries and." Chicken tenders. Yeah, so the English language is not being kind to Hunter today. Remember, I have the editing power. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, can take all that out. Good job. Buddy. Yes. But anyway, helps I to won't. present ourselves as one approved, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know what? Why don't you two talk about that for me? Because I am just so tired of getting yelled at. <laughs> okay, fine. So Second Timothy two fifteen, it does say, "Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth." And so that's the. I mean, obviously, that is, it, for me, I don't know about y'all, but for me, the goal is one day to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to be approved by God, or what am I doing in anything, right? Yeah, I always want to know what my expectations are, and the more that I read the Bible, it helps me to make those expectations for my life. Yeah, absolutely. The goals and what I need to be doing. and The gold standards. I know. Yeah. All right, and then lastly... The Bible helps us with our sanctification. Now, sanctification, $5 theological word. Ding, ding, ding. Bingo. (laughs) We'll talk about that later. Um, The $5 theological word that means that we are made more and more into the image of Christ. And so sanctification helps me to sin less and be more like Jesus. And Dina's last point was right on sanctification. Mm -hmm. It it helps me see God's expectations Mm -hmm. and that... It helps me meet God's expectations. Yeah. Now, I don't always meet God's expectations, yeah. but I do have a marker mm-hmm. that is set, and yeah. I am able to read, hope, and pray that I gain uh, more and more in my sanctifi- sanctified walk mm-hmm. each and every day. Yeah. Does the Bible say anything about sanctification anywhere? Anybody? Anybody yeah. have any scripture verses anywhere? No, because we didn't put any down. Yeah, yeah we, we did. did. Oh, we did. Man, I'm telling you, I can't read today. <laughs> <laughs> so Psalm 119, verse 11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I think it's time. I think we've, we've talked about the, uh, what, six importances of Bible reading, but now we need to really, let's, let's break it down to brass tacks, shall we? So what are some tips to study the Bible? Yeah, number one, number one, real Bibles have pages. So buy one with pages. That's number one. Um, We had a missionary in today, like we were talking about earlier, and one of his things, and it was profound, he said that he comes from one of the most Bible illiterate generations in America, which is kind of true. He was a young guy, and um, I'm not trying to down young people. Um, I think he's our age. Exactly. He's a young guy. (laughs) I'm 36, okay? Anyway, he's a young guy. But he said, um, you know, we have got to start putting Bibles back into the hands of people. We have phones that have Bible apps, yet... It's just not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. And this phone has so much distraction placed in it 
already. Like I pick up my phone and I go to read a scripture verse when in my in my Bible app, and nine times out of ten, by the by the end of it, before I'm done, I'm looking at Facebook or Twitter or one of those, watching TikToks. You know, there is something to having a Bible with pages. And so, if you want to know my tip, my number one tip out of everything else you could possibly do, buy a Bible that has pages. Now, I have a couple things there too, though, that I think is really important that people are going to probably say, "Ben, you're dumb." But number one, I think that when you buy a Bible with pages, you should buy one that's nice to look at. If you don't like your Bible, you won't pick it up. If you think the thing's pretty, you'll probably use it more often if you like the way that the pages look. Like I have this one. It's a it's a large print ESV personal size, and it's leather bound. Now, I know that's a whole bunch of like gobbledygook and whatever. <laughs> but the thing that I like about I just like the fact that it's leather bound. I don't know. Um, I like the fact that it's large print because the, the words are easier for me to read because I'm old. Fine, whatever. Um, I like the way that the pages on or the, the words on the pages look though. You know, like just everything about the Bible just does it for me somehow. It's like my favorite Bible that I've ever owned. As we're talking about buying Bibles though, and I know we have more on the list for this. Yeah. So this is not on the list. Okay. Well and, and just because the Bible's pretty don't necessarily mean that it's something you should use. It's not even to do with that. But I just want to know what Bible do you you study with? Mm-hmm. Since we're buying Bibles, don't laugh at me like that. No, no. I just want to know what. So, what Bible do you use, and uh-huh. why? And go with that. I'm the worst person to ask. Dina, will you talk about this first? What Bible do you use to study out of? <laughs> He's saying that because he has so many Bibles that as I'm cleaning, I stack like thirty of them because he's got one in every single study spot in the house. <laughs> well, and and what I- kind of looks like. Hoarders, the Christian version. <laughs> yeah, my my problem is I'm a collector of translations, so I have an NIV and NLT. I mean, like you could sing a song about it. Like I have all kinds of them. Yeah, <laughs> Hunter's like, no, don't start singing. <laughs> no more singing. <coughs> like the Monty Python was it Monty Python? He yells, no more singing. Oh, I'm not sure. Anyway, but yeah, like I have all kinds. So Dina, what which one do you like? So I do really enjoy reading um, ESV. I still sometimes really enjoy going back to the good old KJV, but right now my current favorite study Bible is a uh, CSV. Yeah, it's a it's the Christian Standard Bible. Yes. Um, after you start reading it so much, you start like actually looking at what the like translation name is. <laughs> but it's a women's study Bible, and again, it's really pretty. And Ben bought it for me. It's blue with flowers on it. See? But what I really like about it is it kind of puts the Bible in more modern language. It's easier to understand. Um, And then it also has different notes and maps and historical facts throughout it, a timeline. Um, It kind of brings that uh, extra element to it as I'm reading. And then I don't have to go to my phone, which is like a huge distraction. I can leave the phone in the house. Like I still have the ringer on in case like Ben needs me or something. But... um, I can leave the phone in the house and study my book. I like to read outside. That's just be honest. Like yeah. it so, could be snowing outside and I'm outside reading my Bible. So I, I use um, multiple as well uh, <clears throat> for just Bible reading. I like to use, um, I got it for my, our wedding mm. and it says Mr. And Mrs. Dillon. It's just an ESV okay. uh, Bible. Mm-hmm. And I guess ESV is my favorite translation. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm doing like sermon prep, I use like, I use two, I use the fire Bible, which Ben 
uh, bought for me. Love it. Yeah, but for my high school graduation, I do believe it was. And you can find those on Amazon. Um, right, they actually went on sale here lately. They're really? like, yeah, because you can get like the hardbound one for like thirty five dollars. Wow! And nice. the, the the leather ones are still like running like forty five, sixty bucks. Wow! You don't need any. Yeah. <laughs> no, Ben. Why did you know that's what I was thinking? <laughs> I, I also um, use the ESV Reform Study Bible that Ben does not like. I don't like that one. Um, it is edited by R.C. Sproul. And um, you have and a lot of respect for R.C. Sproul. You talk. I about really him a lot. like R.C. Sproul. Yeah. So, but don't judge me for that. He's an old guy. He oh, he's O.D.G. now. He's an old dead guy. Yeah. That, um, that's really sad. Lived a life of faith. Um, I understand. I don't know. I uh, I like. I, like I go back and forth on some things he says, but hey, you know. Um, my last one I used just to get Ben to stop bashing R.C. Sproul for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the last one I use, and this is the one I usually read at night. It's sitting by the bed, and it helps me not think so hard in the sense of like um what i just read that morning so if i'm reading genesis one and i want to read it at night i'm reading with my uh amplified bible Mm. and it just helps me guide through it and puts me in a mood to where i can just think and then go to bed yeah so for those that don't know what is an amplified bible well it depends on what you're looking into because if it was if it was before like 2018 it was amplifying words so much that people would think it was translating the text for you. So it amplifies what they think keywords inside the um, original text, and they're giving you multiple definitions for those words. Today, in the new uh, revi- the new revision, I think 2019 and uh, newer, I think it's just honing in on actually the keywords, not like key phrases. Because like John three sixteen would have like so many different like amplifications, but now it's just like whomever believes like believe is amplified to say like trust in, instead of being like all of John three sixteen having an amplified next to it. So the newer one I I recommend because it's it doesn't translate the Bible for you; it just helps you and guides you in the right direction. Yeah, and then along with that, there's also when you go to a store to buy a Bible. And no matter which version you're looking at, there's all these commentary Bibles. So, Ben, hmm. yeah, <laughs> tell us about commentary Bibles. Okay, so you're you're really talking about study Bibles, is really what yes, you're talking yeah. about. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, they have commentary within them. So, yeah, for so Bible study for Bible study. Yes. So when I read when I read about when I read the Bible for myself, um, especially in my gold standard study time, right? <laughs> what I'm doing is I actually the my main Bible that I use it's one sitting beside me right now on the table. It has no study notes in it whatsoever. It has no cross references. It is as you know undistracted. I'll call it that as possible. And the reason why I say that that is important. When I first got saved, my mama bought me the coolest NIV study Bible ever. It had all the stuff in it. She took me to the store. She's like, you know. You just got baptized, and I really want you to have, you know, a really nice Bible for you to, you know, whatever. And I was like, yeah, you know, this is awesome. So I got it. And then I found myself, after a while, reading the notes in the Bible more than the Bible text itself. You have to remember one thing about a study Bible. The study notes are not the inspired and errant Mm -hmm. Word of God. They are the, the words written by a person to try to help you understand the inspired and errant Word of God. Right. But that's not what they are. So 
I really recommend for most people, get you a Bible that has no study notes in it first. Make that the one that you look at first. Now, Dina does not follow that, and she's my own wife. Um, however, that's what I recommend for most people because I don't want to get so caught up in the notes of a Bible that I think something is the Word of God when it is actually not. I got a question. Yes, sir. Is it okay to write, a.k.a. highlight, um, in your Bible? I think so. Now, in my opinion, when I was in school, I would take notes on a subject that I really wanted to understand and, you know, do well on the test on. And I would underline, you know, underline things and highlight things. And I, I did my best to try to understand what was in there to the best of my ability. If I'll do that for a science textbook, like when I took physics, that's what I did. You wrote in your textbook? Uh, I didn't write in my textbook, no. But I did underline. I did copy things out of it. Um, I did copy pages sometimes and underline and write on them. Yeah. Like, because physics in particular, there were a lot of like complex formulas. And anyway, that's not the point. But I would make copies of the thing. I, I really worked hard to try to understand it. So I wrote and, and highlighted and took notes on and all that stuff. If I'll do that for physics, which has nothing to do with my salvation, I should be doing it for my Bible too. Do you think it's okay, Dina, to write in your Bible? So this one's really hard for me because I, I don't know. Like, in some instance, my mom always said, like, no, don't write in your Bible, blah, 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 because it's a sacred book and all this other stuff. And then guess what I caught her doing one morning? Writing in her Bible. So, because she had this, like, special Bible that she always read every morning. And <coughs> she usually read before I got up in the morning, um, especially in the summer times. Now, whenever, like, uh, so my mom was a stay-at-home mom. So when I went to school, she would read after my dad and I would be gone when it'd be nice and quiet. But in the summertime, she would read before I got up in the morning. And I caught her reading, you know, writing in her Bible. And I was like, oh, what are you doing? And she goes, well, I was listening to this one pastor and he was talking about how important it is to write in your Bible so you go back and read these notes. And I was like, no, my world was like turned upside down. <laughs> but um, after coming to college and doing some Bible studies and stuff, um, I did see the importance of highlighting and taking down some notes. And it's really cool for me, um, and I need to do this more, uh, whenever you're listening to a sermon to highlight the refer the verses that they're using. And then uh, maybe in a few years you hear another pastor using that same set of verses and, you know, maybe you can add to the notes or... You know, you may get something new or it may be the same thing and you're like, oh, my gosh, like yeah. <laughs> it's the same message. Like this is so cool. But then it's repetition and maybe you should really listen to it. Yeah. Repetition is the price of knowledge. I don't think it's wrong to write in a Bible um, as long as it's not like profane. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I You don't. said that and you cringed at the same time, though, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> but be because I don't right in my Bibles. And that's not because of some spiritual like uh, thought. It's just I have terrible handwriting. Mm. And so um, yeah. if, if I write in my Bible, I, first off, it's not, I can't write small enough to read it. And second, it would distract me from the actual text because now, it's ugly. I did see the other day on TikTok that they have these clear post-it notes that are made for Bible writing. Oh, that's cool. And so you put it down on the page, and you can write on it. And then if you don't like a thing of it, you can just peel it off. Mm, there is something good about TikTok. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we have. We have, I have a buddy. Uh, I call him a buddy. He's he was he taught one of my preaching classes back in the day, 
but his name is Wade Martin Hughes. And Pastor Wade, um, man, he does this really cool thing where he takes a Bible and he reads it cover to cover and he makes notes and he like draws the temple and he like draws things and highlights things, does all this stuff. Completely goes through it. And he usually goes through a Bible every like four months because he's amazing like that. But he'll do that. Like if he has, when he has a new grandchild, he goes through the Bible, reads the whole thing, puts all these notes in there, highlights, underlines all the stuff writes a message to the child in the front of it, gives it to the child when they turn a certain age or whatever so that they can appreciate it. Every one of his grandkids has a Bible that he has 100% annotated on his own. That's so cool. That is the coolest thing in the whole world. So if we ever have children, I'm going to do that. I think that's really cool too because then you get to go back and read, you know, what your grandfather wrote. Yeah, Papaw's writing. I mean, that's awesome, you know, so... So remember, we're talking about tips uh, and st- tips to study the Bible. Um, number two we have here is read it every day consistently. Yeah. So does we we've already made that point very clear. I don't want to harp on that anymore. Mm-hmm. So we know that we should read it every day. You know, n- no matter what. Yeah. But does it matter how much content you actually get through? Um, during this reading time? I know we talked about time, and um, like I said, 30 minutes. I think Dina said an hour, and then you said the gold standards should be 2.4 hours. Um, But does it matter how much you get through in the 30 minutes, hour, 2.4 hours, whatever? See, I don't think so. In my opinion, actually, it doesn't really have to be that amount of time. I think that whatever you read should be something that you understand. So if you read four verses, and it takes you 30 minutes to read those four verses, and you really understand it, then read four verses. But the next day, I think you should read the next four verses. Don't just skip around in that thing because you can come up with some crazy ideas if you skip around in the Bible. You can make up the wildest theology by not being consistent. Yeah, and that was, that man, that was such a good segue because that led us into the next point. We need to read it in order. Mm-hmm. And again, it says don't skip around. Read chapter one before you read chapter two. Don't read the last chapter in Revelation before you read the first chapter. (laughs) Um, It just helps understand. Um, There was a, I can't remember where I heard this. And he was like, read it in reverse. (laughs) And I was like, what? What? And and he goes, yeah, you'll understand it better if like you read it like in reverse. And this guy had one of the most (laughs) terrible theologies I've I've ever heard. That's what saying. There's no like reason for any book to be read in reverse. Yeah, she's a librarian, yeah. so she would know. know. And all I'm saying is is that it is important to understand the context of the letter that is uh, it's to whom it's written. Yep. And and it's under, to understand what Paul is saying in chapter 1 makes chapter 2 says what it says. Yep. If you say chapter 2 means this on its own, it doesn't. Chapter 1 makes chapter 2 say what it actually says. Yeah, that's true. And our next point, by the way, is know the history and the context. We say this thing around here that um, Scripture that is uh, that you have no context with, uh, Scripture with no context is a pretext. That's what we say. Um, but you need to know the history behind that bad boy, too, because there are some, there are some really cool tidbits of history out there um, that when you read, especially like Bible prophecy, and you see like um, Darius is God's chosen servant that's going to do all this stuff. And you go back and you look in history, and Darius is actually like a historical figure, and you find out that the Bible records this event that actually happened exactly as it happened. Like, was pro- it prophesied an event that actually happened in real life exactly the way it was prophesied? Man, talk about a faith builder. Um, 
Now, I know that there um, are different authors of the books, but are there different styles of writing or genres found within the Bible? Oh, yeah. So the Bible, we call it a book, right? The Bible's actually a library, librarian. Um, the, the Bible's a, a book, but it's a compilation of actually 66, book that, 66 books that were written over thousands of years by several different authors um, and, yes, contain several different genres. So you have the books of history. We see First uh, and Second Chronicles, for instance, books of history. Um, we have books that are poetic, Psalms, Proverbs, poetic in nature. We have the major and minor prophets, which really mostly has to do with the length of them. So like Isaiah, major prophet. Obadiah, 24 verses is all Obadiah is, but it's a minor prophet, and it's still a book of the Bible. Um, you have the Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that talk about the story and life of Jesus. You have the epistles, you know, Ephesians, Romans, all those. Um, so yeah, different genres, which are intended to be read in different ways, right? I just saw Ben's eyes glaze over, and like he just is listing all these things <laughs> off in his head. <laughs> but yeah, and in, in the Old Testament, it's especially important, and in the New Testament, is very important as well. We have some books that are historic, that are more teaching about what happened previously, and then we have more um, that are talking about this is theological, this is for teaching purposes alone of what God is trying to say to these people at this moment. And lastly, and lastly, oh, are we on the last thing? We are on the last one. It says, always pay attention when the Bible repeats itself. Now, I've said this before, and I'll say it again because it's important. Repetition is the price of knowledge. When the Bible repeats itself in particular, it is meant for you to pay attention. So, like, if you read King James, for instance, the King James is really good because it says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee. Verily just means truly. So it's saying, truly, truly, I'm telling you this, which means it's important. You should probably pay attention. If you read something, and it's cool because, like, like I said, I've been working through the Minor Prophets. One of the Minor Prophets will repeat something that the next Minor Prophet repeats. Oh, if I'm in the nation of Israel in particular back in those days, I should have been paying attention, right? So if the Bible repeats itself, you need to write that sucker down and pay attention. So we know that this podcast is probably not being listened to by theologians and... I mean, they could be. <laughs> I mean, I kind of hope not in some ways, if you'll know the truth. Yeah, Ben's getting an email right now by a theologian about if they can change God's mind. <laughs> <laughs> I probably have a bunch of them at this point. Um, but, so there's probably not being listened to, to those kind of people. But what, if it is, great. Yep. I mean, I hope, I, I hope they do. But I hope millions of people listen to this. Ben. I hope millions and millions. Um, but... To the ones who are like, hey, I'm not a theologian, and I just got saved, and I've never really studied the Bible before, or as you mentioned earlier, I was never taught that Bible reading was really important, so how should I start reading the Bible if I've never, ever read it before? Yep. So I've, I've got a little little prescribed way that I think you should do it. Now, I think it was the last podcast you said, if I'm a new believer, where should I start reading the Bible at? I said the book of Matthew, mm-hmm. and I stand by that. Um Book of Matthew, the first gospel of Jesus Christ. It is um, the story of Jesus' life. And in the book of Matthew, the, the, the reason why I like the book of Matthew is because it talks about the prophets and it talks about the Old Testament figures. And it really gives you, even if you don't know the Old Testament, it really kind of gives you a good baseline for things that are in the Old Testament and things that are in the New. And so I say read the book of Matthew first. Um, learn about the life of Jesus. Learn about all that stuff. Take note of any names that you see repeatedly. Like you'll see a... Um, a reference to Jonah. And you're like, who's Jonah? Well, write that down and go back and look at it. He has his own book in the Old Testament. 
It's a whale of a tail. It is a whale of a tail. He gets eaten by a fish. Um, or a whale. It depends on the translation you read. Um, but you you will see the name Jonah. You'll talk about probably Abraham at some point. I'm pretty sure um, that that Matthew references Abraham at some point. Um, but yeah, so so read through the book of Matthew. Read it. Take notes. Try to understand it the best you can. Then when you're finished with the book of Matthew, go and read the book of Acts. The reason why we read the book of Acts next is because the, the book of Matthew is the gospel of Jesus. He's, he's got these disciples, and he's teaching them all this stuff. When Jesus is crucified, then resurrected, and then ascends, he gives in the book of Matthew at the very end this charge to go in all the world um, and make disciples, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. Well, the book of Acts is the practical application of all that. They take all that stuff, and they go apply it, and they go make the church, right? They go form the church. And so read the book of Acts so that you can get a good appreciation of what happens um, with the early church. Then, as you're doing those things, like I said, take notes, highlight things that stick out to you, um, use commentaries to help you figure out, like if you have an issue and you're like, man, I just don't understand. There's some really good commentaries out there um, that you can find. One of my favorites is the John Gill Expositional Commentary on the Bible. Um, John Gill was a guy who lived forever and a day ago. He was a precursor to Charles Spurgeon, old dead guy who lived out this life of faith. And his is really good because he likes to talk about, you know, like the Jewish perspective on things and stuff like that. Um, there's some other really good ones out there. Um, how do you find a good commentary? One of the best ways, in my opinion, go ask your pastor, hey, what do you use when you sermon prep? Um if you have a like a favorite um, Bible kind of teacher that you watch on YouTube, I know like Hunter talked about he watches YouTube and there's a bunch of Bible teachers on there. One of my favorites right now is Francis Chan. If I can find something that Francis Chan talks about um, biblical-wise and it's something that I'm having a hard time understanding, that really helps me. N.T. Wright, I love N.T. Wright. N.T. Wright is so much smarter than I think I'll ever be. Um, and so if you can find anything by N.T. Wright, I think that's a good one. Tim Mackey's a good one. Oh, yeah. Um, Tim Mackey does the Bible Project where he makes cartoons of biblical principles. <laughs> but he also has this podcast that is deep. Buddy. Deep. He did something the other day on the writing implements that they used when they were writing the Bible. I'm thinking, you, that sounds boring. It was fascinating. Like, I sat there and listened, and then I had to go back and, like, I had to go do something at work because I was, I was driving around listening to it. And every time I got done, like, I could not wait to finish my task so that I could go learn about more writing implements in the Bible. You know what's really scary? Is and Apple Podcast has this set up that usually if you mention another person's podcast, mm-hmm. you will show up in their related uh, searches. Like, oh. people may watch this. Oh, nice. So if you listen to the Bible Project and you come listen to this podcast, I am so sorry because <laughs> it, is, it is just so deep. What they the go Bible through. project is absolutely yeah. It is just so deep what they go through, and, and then you're and then the altered podcast, which is <laughs> where it's just a bunch of Kentucky people trying to work our way through it the best we can. Um, but anyway, and, and we know Ben um, loves RC Sproul, so <laughs> any commentary from him. <laughs> and then something else I would like to say too, along with that, is um, so you know we work with young adults and college students, and so. Um, for some of these students, you know, they've been going to one church their whole entire life and maybe, you know, they haven't studied the Bible on their own until they get to us or whatever. But, um, some of them feel embarrassed to ask questions about the Bible. Yeah. If you're a pastor or a small group leader out there, please don't make your people feel dumb because they don't know something. I mean, the best thing they can ever do, 
And honestly, the most flattering thing, in my opinion, that anybody could ever do is to come to me and ask me a Bible question because they trust that I, what I'm going to tell them is probably the truth, and um, they they believe that I'll have the answer. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the other thing. If you're a Bible teacher, small group leader, whatever, if you don't know, don't make something up on the flies. Tell them you don't know, and then go look it up. You know what I mean? Like, I think some of the issues that we have as a church is we are so afraid that we're going to be wrong that we just make something up. Which makes you probably wrong. <laughs> yeah. Or we quote something that we heard from R.C. Sproul, for instance, and we never <laughs> or knew. Facebook. Or Facebook. And we never knew what he was actually saying, so we should be careful. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> me and R.C. Sproul. I, I love R.C. Sproul, but me and him don't get along sometimes. No, anyway, no, beside the point. So, um, but yeah, so read Matthew, read Acts. Take notes and highlight things that stick out to you. Use commentaries, your pastor, your small group leader to help you figure out and understand the thing. And the eventual goal is to read the sucker from cover to cover. Because though it is a compilation of books, man, you read that thing cover to cover, and I'm just telling you, it completely revolutionized the way I understand every book of the Bible because I've read it cover to cover. We didn't do this last week, but we've done it every other episode so far and because last week's episode was really long. Oh, yeah. Um Last 10%. Last 10%. Guys, tell me what your final thoughts um, over the whole subject of living that Christian life. Mm. Part or yeah, part two, Bible edition, Bible reading edition, whatever. Um, what needs to be known if what what needs to be known if you're gonna end off this episode? What's the points, the highlights? I think like the major highlight is just to go pick up your Bible and just start reading it. <laughs> If you don't have one, it's a great time to get on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazon, you can support us if you want to. Yeah, I think that my highlight is, is that consistency is key. Um, read it. Um, Bible study has to be accompanied by prayer. Mm, yep. And, um, man, that's, that's really it. It's, a, it's pretty simple. There's no, it's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be things you don't understand, but ask for help. Pray mm-hmm. your way through it. And Bible says, you know, seek wisdom, and he'll he'll grant it to you. And he'll give it to you. Ben, what's your thoughts? Um, last thought for me is don't forget that the Bible, um, you're not the hero of Scripture, um, that Jesus is the hero of Scripture, but also mm-hmm. do remember that as you read it, that everything, literally everything, points to Jesus in some ways. Um, you know, you read about the, some of these really dysfunctional Bible figures, and you're like, man, how could that person be a foundational person in the faith? It's because God saved them like he saves you and I. And so um, as you read, just remember that all of it, all of it eventually points to Christ. Now this question is uh, directed to our creative director. Um, what is next week's episode about? So next week's episode is why the local church is important. Mm. That's a big episode. It is. So we talk prayer, we talk Bible reading. Now we're going to talk about the local church. Yeah. And because really, the local church, most Christians today don't think the local church is that important. Especially, and we saw that during COVID. By yeah. the way, um, you'll hear me get to rant about that next week. Because well, really, it's after COVID because during COVID we couldn't go to the local well, church. We could have, but I, I will rant about that <laughs> next week. <laughs> yep. So we end every episode with a random question from Hunter. Yes, Hunter's yeah. random question, and it's pretty much always to me. So, Well, this time it is to the panel. Okay. Um, nice. But I will ask Ben first, and then we'll get to Dina, because I like to end off with that. I'm afraid. 
It's not bad, this one. Um, if you was to go right now and sing karaoke, what song would you choose? Oh, buddy. That's a hard one. You just got to pick it, man. <laughs> you just got to pick it. What's bad is I sing so much on this podcast, and I literally blanked when you asked me that question. <laughs> Dina, do you have a song that you can think of? Probably like Hakuna Matata. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> what a wonderful phrase. Um, Hakuna Matata. <laughs> ain't no passing grace. Nope. Sorry, no. <laughs> Man, we've sung more in this episode ever since I said that. <laughs> living on a prayer. You should just not say that the next time as we're prepping. Yeah. You, you would sing Living on a Prayer. Living on a Prayer, yep. Bon Jovi, wow. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's so it. we're not going to have any music people like follow us. Because... Yeah, well, and it's funny that the only one that I can think of is a not Christian song, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, no, it's fine. that's fine. It's, uh, it's all right. But I'm glad that I got to learn a little bit more um, about you all. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I would sing. Probably o- Old Death by <laughs> Ralph Stanley. <laughs> you sing it so well. I know. <laughs> Bluegrass, bluegrass is my jam. It is. So, guys, next week you'll be listening to the, the Altered Podcast where we honor God and the things he does and really talking about the local church. And I'm so excited about this episode. Hopefully we have a special guest, but if we don't, um, it's okay. The three of us will chat about it. Ben, hit us out with our great theme song. Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things he does.